Welcome to Dudes of Hazards Radio. I'm your founder and host, Donnie McCarty. On our 10th episode of Dudes of Hazards Radio, we have already uh, basically a pre-recorded um, episode, more or less, of me and Zach Hudson talking while we finished up our Arcadia Bluffs trip over the 4th of July. So as you heard me mention, we're going to listen to me and Zach talk a little bit about Arcadia Bluffs and the South Course. These courses were truly just incredible. One of the best uh, golf courses I've ever been on. Um, I can't wait to share my feelings on it, and I think you'll enjoy hearing from Zach as well. So let's go ahead and dive on into that conversation. Well, sitting here with Zach after what has been just a incredible weekend uh, on my trip up to Michigan and kind of up here to play Arcadia Bluffs. And so we're going to just kind of tell you a little bit about what the weekend looked like and uh, if we think it'd be a trip that, you know, one of the dudes or uh, anyone listening to this podcast might be interested in making this trip or not. So, uh, Zach, what'd you, what'd you think of the weekend? Great weekend. I uh, appreciate you making the trek up here to north of the wall. So, uh, good, a good time, uh, yep. was had, uh, Friday through Monday. So, uh, pretty, pretty great way to spend the fourth. It was. So, uh, ended up flying up here Friday, getting in, um, after of course, some delays on American, um, which was probably expected, got up about maybe about 45 minutes to an hour later. So not too bad, not as bad as it could have been. Um, and you know, we really kind of just started the weekend going out right. We, uh, Zach, where did you take us to go grab uh, some of those drinks at? Yeah, so there's a place, uh, if you look up pictures of downtown Detroit or you've been there, there's uh, some iconic GM buildings and the the middle one actually has a restaurant at the top on like the 71st floor. So we went up there and got a, a drink and uh, you get good views of uh, downtown Detroit um, and kind of the surrounding area and then also um, right over into Canada. So um it was a, a great place to, to go and get get a drink or two and get the night started. And yeah. uh, from from there, we went and uh, got dinner at a good brewery in the area called Atwater, um, local Detroit brewing company. Um, very good beer, good food. And then uh, call, went on a little tour around the city. Um, you know, didn't see anything too crazy. So... Uh, definitely beats the reputation that uh, yeah. Detroit gets in a lot of other parts of the uh, parts of the US. Yeah, you know, I definitely um you you see some interesting parts around the city, but overall I actually was more impressed by uh Detroit than what I expected. I I'm not saying I'm coming up here anytime soon specifically to see the city, but as a place to stay in for two nights along the trip, um honestly it was a little more fun than I even expected and gave it credit for. And so yeah, that place that Zach was talking about up on the 71st floor, uh, I guess, it, what, what's that river it overlooks right the there? The Detroit River. The Detroit yeah. River. And then I guess it feeds out into not one of the Great Lakes, but one of the other lakes out there. Um, really was a really scenic view of the town I didn't expect. Um, kind of felt like Zach was proposing to me, but uh, he had already done that to his fiance, And so, you know, felt like that's what was getting asked to me. But then he was like, hey, you want to be my groomsman? Uh, on the trip. So honestly, that was a great way to get the Friday night started. Me and Zach have been friends for a long time. If you've listened to this podcast before, uh, he's been on here uh, as a guest before. So that was really cool. Um, he was a groomsman in my wedding to now have the chance to do the same uh, for him. So congrats to you two. Um, yeah, I guess getting married yeah. was January 14th. Yep. So asking you to come up at a real nice time and 
in Michigan. Yeah, you know, uh, July seems like a great time of year to be up here. January, I was kind of hoping for a better weather date, but it is what it is. Um, so I guess instead of coming up here in shorts and a polo, I'll be coming up in my snow gear and uh, probably uh, some pretty uh, heavy layers, I'm imagining. Indeed, indeed. Well, let's go ahead and dive a little bit into the trip. Uh, on Saturday, we basically got a kind of an early start on the morning. We had, what, about a three-and-a-half-hour drive up to Arcadia? Yeah, three-and-a-half-four. Yep. So picked up. Uh, we had basically Matt stayed here, which is your friend. He came in from Raleigh, correct? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been friends. I think you worked together yeah, in I've the past. Yeah, have been friends for six seven years now nice so, good guy yep so he came on up and then uh, we picked up his friend nick who lives about 30 minutes away in town and the four of us started our weekend up to uh arcadia bluffs and so we got up there found the airbnb but found it we mean this thing was out in the middle of nowhere barely any cell phone reception down a dirt road in the middle of nowhere michigan yeah uh, almost turned down the wrong road uh fortunately had a sign that uh said due to the increase of ammo costs there won't be a warning shot so we knew uh we knew we were probably not on the right road there yeah and uh but honestly the place uh pretty cheap it was like 125 a night or something yeah uh, criminally cheap i shouldn't have been that cheap it was a really nice place secluded had it all to ourselves yeah uh it was really comfortable clean place so it was like we felt like that was a steal um Because if you stay at Arcadia, the lodging is really what can get you. And there's not a lot in the area just because it's so remote up there. Um, so lodging really can run out of premium. So we basically saved like an average of, I mean, I'd say we saved at least five, 600 bucks versus yeah. staying at the resort on for lodging. Sure. So oh, for easy. Yeah. That was nice. Um, once we did that, we basically had a two o'clock lunch set up. We it was our first time pulling up to the course. You go through the gates, and you can just kind of tell right away it's going to be special. What was some of the first thoughts you had coming up that drive uh, to the clubhouse on Saturday uh, afternoon, Zach? I mean, just a, a gorgeous view. And if you've never been to Northern Michigan and kind of been over those bluffs uh, over Lake Michigan, it's a very unique view. So you might be able to give me a, a different perspective since I've seen it a few times. Yeah, I mean, driving in, it takes a minute until you see the lake because you're seeing some of the further out stretches of the course that are more inland. But then as you start cresting the hill to the clubhouse, um, we got there on maybe one of the best weather days possible. It was like 73 degrees, two-mile-an-hour wind, hardly any clouds in the sky. And basically from the side of the clubhouse pulling up when you drop off your bags, you get your first glimpse of Lake Michigan and just – I remember you're up so high. Um, I'd say, you know, the, the bluffs at the lowest parts of the course are, you know, a good 200 feet above the shore level. Uh, but that's probably two to three times that at the clubhouse height. Yeah. All the way back absolutely. there. And so, like, you're looking out there and you can see so far that it feels like like you can't even tell really where the sky meets the lake at. And, like, where's the dividing point? Because it's just so blurry so far out there. And it was like... One of those just spectacular courses, kind of like going to a Primland where you're just looking at the views and thinking like, how am I really getting to see this, let alone on a golf course? So I, straight off the gate, I could tell it was going to be good. We sat on the porch. It was perfect weather, uh, watching people play up 18, tee off all around us. I mean, it. we uh, got there a little bit before the round and uh, had a good warm up and then... Uh, we started the round, Zach. So started off at five ten. Uh, 
I know we were thinking, are we actually going to make it through this round? What uh, What were you thinking? Yeah, I, I knew we had a little bit more time to to work with, but uh, I knew it'd, it'd still be close. And in a uh, northern Michigan this time of year, you have pretty good daylight till you know, ten fifteen or so on a yep. especially on a clear day like it was. So um, you definitely have the time. But yeah, five, Donnie. When he booked the tee time, he was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to finish all 18. And it's a tee off at 510. And I was like, nah, I, I think 510 will be 510 will be good. Um, and it was just just enough minutes to yep. to get us over. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, well, a great opening hole. Just a real easy, you know, par five. Yep. Um, kind of get it, kind of get the round going and uh, give you a, a really good preview of a lot of different features you would see throughout the course just in that first first hole. It was. Um, and I think you made par on that opening hole, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did too. And then, uh, honestly, after that, the next 53 holes kind of were all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It was a really strong start, and uh, we kind of wasted all the good shots from that opening hole. But uh, so when we played this round, you know, this uh, – Arcadia Bluffs, you see it a lot falling in around 11, 12 on the top 100 public courses. Um, so, you know, it's going to be pretty special. It's going to be a difficult course. The slope rating uh, was pretty difficult. The yardage we were playing from the Blues, uh, which is more than I should have bit off, but we did it anyways. And I think, you know, there were some holes where it wasn't even the Blues. We were playing like the blue tip combos. Like it was just one hole and it was, we took a caddy and I can't tell you how many times he'd be like, wow. These, these aren't ever back here. And we're like, of course they're not. Yeah. I That was the longest course I had played in a minute. Yeah. Um, played about 7,100. Yeah. Like just, probably from where we were at. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell. The scorecard said mid 6,900. But, like, again, the caddy was like, there was some holes there. He's like, this is never back here at this distance. And so we yeah. – I think it was at least 7,000. Could have been 71. Like, it's hard to tell. But it was – um. It was crazy, but it was nice getting to play from there and really getting to see like the we saw pretty much the whole course yeah. and the what it can play at. And it was uh it's a bear, but so yeah, we took that caddy and uh what did you think your first time taking the caddy, Zach? What what was the experience like for you? Yeah, so we did the four caddy. Um really recommend if you're playing Arcadia Bluffs currently, the price is, you know, a hundred for the group for the round. So I mean twenty five a person plus tip is pretty pretty affordable yeah um the caddy we had um shout out to harley yeah and did a, was just awesome. a great round um really helpful read read all the putts raked all the bunkers just a fun time to be around would joke with us once he kind of got in on the yeah personalities and and everything in the group so it, it was a really good experience um and highly recommend um and very nice to just have out there in that first round uh, especially you know off the tee box like and you're not going to want to be right on this or, yep. um, you know, <laughs> and then just having an extra set of eyes out there. Um, oh, that did a great helpful. job locating a lot of balls. Yeah, the extra set of eyes is big on that. We'll kind of get to that here in a little bit when we dissect the courses a little bit more. But, yeah, Har- Harley was great. He um, really just an easygoing guy. I think sometimes people worry about taking the caddy. What's it going to be like? But this guy was easy to go from the from the beginning made us feel pretty welcome and at ease in the round and uh zach mentioned yeah he rakes the sand traps we had kept him really busy with that specifically me and zach so that was really fun we were like well you know i gotta make sure you're in that paycheck buddy so uh that was fun well i'm glad you enjoyed it that was um honestly it was a great experience for me taking him i think it definitely added value to the round and then just 
yeah, getting to read some putts and then just also having someone. Uh, we just talked about our golf experiences with him and his over the years. Uh, he caddies down at Streamsong as well. So if I'm ever down there, I know who I'm going to be asking for as a caddy during the winter months. Um, he was great and a lot of fun. So glad you had a good time there. And so we basically knocked out our round. Uh, pace of plays 445 to five hours. We had a group that was pretty slow in front of us. So we... Uh, it was all five hours we finished up. I actually think it was just under, but one more grouping got uh, 18 holes in after us, and then that was it. So it was kind of wild. We were racing against the clock those last yep. two or three holes. It was kind of like, all right, go find your ball, no practice swings, get up, hit the damn thing, and yep. like we got to move on. So yep. uh, I, I thought that was fun getting that race against Sunset in there and actually being able to get it all in. Yep, yep. The, it, was, it was fun uh, just getting the – Last holes in, unfortunately, you know, at the end of that round, the sun had already set. So the kind of has an overlook on the 18th uh, green from the dining area. And they have a bunch of uh, Adirondack chairs out there. So very common that people sit up there and talk. Unfortunately, they had all kind of scurried out by the time yep. we got up there to do whatever we did on the green that night. So. Yeah, uh, that 18th green, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. But uh, that's a green straight out of hell. That, yeah. that 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 is one of the toughest finishing greens I think I've ever played on. So uh, that was definitely all that you could handle on that. And so basically after that, uh, you get up there and there's no cell phone reception hardly up no, in this area. On the, on the bluffs course, uh, I guess there were a couple random spots that I went into it, but I mean, like literally no service. I think we had pretty much all the carriers covered and no one had any reception out nope. there so you got a little wi-fi at the uh the clubhouse and that was about it so um you know if you struggle putting your phone away during the round or you know doing whatever it's uh it's kind of nice to be out there and that and yeah you know, people can't get to you so yeah that yeah. that was nice kind of being out of touch for a little bit and really just getting to enjoy the round but uh it's nice that's that is for during the round after the round when the dining room's closed because you finished up late and uh, no one was aware enough to make dinner plans ahead of time. And you start asking around, hey, what's good for dinner? And people are like, yeah, that probably closed at 10. Yep, that closed at 10. And when you're in the middle of Michigan and or middle of nowhere, Michigan, uh, tough to find food. So it got into a little panic situation after the round, trying to figure out where we were going to go. But thankfully, what we found, like the only pizza place open, it was like 25 minutes away. But when you're hungry... Yeah. That's what you got to do. And so um, we basically all had only had lunch that day. And we were like, well, that's obviously not going to be enough to hold us over. So kind of a wild end of the the day there. We uh, got back to the Airbnb, just took it pretty easy. Um, I went, sat outside uh, for a little bit, reflecting after the day and on the round. And uh, the night that we had there was perfectly no clouds in the sky. I've uh, never seen the stars lit up like that. It was probably one of the coolest uh, just views I've had of the night sky. I felt like you could see just like all the galaxies, everything. It was really kind of one of those like, wow, we're out in the middle of nowhere uh, feeling. So that was pretty fun. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on, cover a little bit of Sunday. This was our day that we had 36 holes planned. Um, and let's go ahead and start off, Zach. We played the Bluffs course on Saturday. Sunday we woke up and played the South Course in the morning. Uh, what do you kind of remember from that round? South Course has got a, a really cool entrance into it. 
Um, you just kind of drive in and you see all of the holes. I mean, yeah. pretty much on your on your drive in, it's a one ginormous open field, and you got the front nine on your left side and the back nine on your right side, and um, so a really cool just entrance to see kind of what all you're getting into. They still had the greens crew out there. We were one of the earlier tee times, so they were manicuring it um, before we uh, got out there and hacked it to pieces. So yeah, um, really really good round. They uh, you know when you play a place like this they transfer your clubs so you know we we show up in the morning and our carts are already set up clubs are already on the carts just a really nice um you know don't have to lug them around at the end of the night or in the morning and um you know came in and really top-notch facilities at both courses just to warm up you know the driving range is fully stocked um with with balls and complimentary tea you know complimentary tees and balls and then they've got a nice like chipping sand trap area um a really nice putting green to get it going so we got there about 45 minutes early and kind of warmed up um and then and then got into the round um and yeah it was a great uh, a great course long but completely different than the bluffs yeah. i mean just a totally different design feel challenges all of that i agree um one thing that was consistent, even though the course looked very different, me and Zach both carried over our absolute lackluster play from Saturday and transitioned it smoothly into Sunday morning. Uh, both those courses, tough. Tough courses, long courses. Um, fit Zach a little bit better there, uh, but for me, made for some long days playing out there. Um, but even with that being said, it's like, wow, both courses were just – you really enjoyed getting out there and playing them very unique. And like I said, we're going to dive into a little bit more about what we felt was different between the whole courses and dissect them a little bit more later on, but had a great experience over there on the South course in the morning. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you know, South course, very good course ranked around mid fifties and golf digest top 100 list is still a great course to go and play. But when you go to Arcadia, you do go to play the Bluffs. And so we finished the round. And, you know, the South, I'm sure, it has a great dining area. Uh, but you can sit there and kind of just look at the course, which is flat and link style and kind of surrounded by trees around the outskirts. Or you can go over to the Bluffs and look overlook Lake Michigan and stuff. And so after the round, Zach, just, just to make sure there was no crazy people in our group, what did you ask us? I asked, uh, you know, if we were eating lunch at the South or the Bluffs. And uh, I think before I had utter, finished the statement, everyone in the group had been, <laughs> yeah, we're eating at the other place. Yeah, yeah. like, no offense to the South. Like, sure, sure great food. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but, like, you just can't eat there when the Bluffs are a place is an option to eat. Yeah. Um, so we went back over there. And then geared up for our uh, afternoon round, we teed off at 3.30 for that round and um, didn't take a caddy this time. Um, me and Zach moved up and played the whites. We had had enough of getting our lunch money eaten the day before. Um, the other two guys still played the blues. There's some pretty long hitters and we're playing a little bit better than we were. Um, that round, definitely a more laid back atmosphere than the first two felt like we were just kind of out there that was the first round me and zach rode together on the trip um and so it was nice just to get out there and kind of enjoy the round um didn't score too much better but i feel like we both played better that that round um For sure. there's just uh we'll kind of talk about it again a little bit more on into this uh podcast but 
just some brutally tough holes that it's really easy after just one mediocre swing to rack up some big yep. numbers on. And that's like we both had some really good holes, made some good pars out there. Yep. Also made our fair shares of triples and and a quarter here or there. Um, tough day, but again, it was just one of those rounds that was awesome. We finished up not crunching daylight that time, yep. so that was nice. We had to be finished up maybe around. We played that in about four and a half that day. Yeah. Um, Got to finish up nicely. Coming up the 18th hole, um, like I said, there's all these people watching. All four people just had – it didn't look like any of us could really play based off of where our uh, you know, our, our approach shots were coming into this green from. It's blind to your actual second shot. But the truth of the matter is this hole is long on number 18. No one's hitting this green in reg. Like we yeah. watched how many groups come in. And what, yeah. like one out of every three groups, one person would hit the green? Yeah. Everyone's missing and having to chip. And uh, so I was in a um, a grassy spot, thankfully just out of the bunker, uh, off to the side of it, but was in like three-inch rough, having to put or chip like sideways into this green. Zach was short onto a false front, which we had learned for uh, about 35 holes previous to that, that you did not want to be in that spot, having to chip up to a front pin. I would say... Yeah, maybe the most difficult course was pin positioning on false fronts. Yeah, I mean, in this 18th green on the on the last day, just set it right yeah. in front of the false front. Yeah. So there's and the way the greens were, I mean, you didn't want to be long because it fed in completely different directions, and you couldn't be short because it was going to yeah. roll right back to your feet. And the greens, you know, it you have to get a lot of spin to get them to check and. Uh, yeah. yeah, just a really incredibly difficult pin position yeah. in. Our third guy was off to the side, which looked like in the best spot. He was closest to the green. He was actually uh, pin high, but he was on like a downward slope on like razor thin grass with absolutely no lie under his ball. And we were just like, that's not where you want to be. And then the other dude was up on the hill to the left in some like that tall heather grass. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? People are probably like, oh, they suck. But then again, if you've been watching, guarantee you this is what four out of the five previous groups did coming up this hole. Because that's all we yep. saw the whole day on 18. So yep. finished up the round there, took off the hatch, shook good hands. Uh, was, uh, your buddy Nick's his first time playing 36 in the day. Yep. Uh, you know, here at the Dudes, that's not an uncommon factor. But for someone who was his first time doing it, I remember on hole like 33, like he looked at me, he's like, I'm dead. He's like, I have never swung a golf club this much in a day. And I was like, yeah, like, first time, especially here at the Bluffs in the south course, each course from where he was playing at over 6,900 yards. Yeah. That's a long day, man. That's a long day. And so, but he was a, uh, he was a trooper, man. Played great. Uh, really a pleasure to play with. And then kind of just wound down the day uh, with, uh, you know, having a really great dinner. Uh, we both got the, what was it, the rack of lamb. Rack of lamb was highly recommended. Highly recommended. That was absolutely incredible. One of our buddies also got that, and then the third, or the fourth guy got, I think it was a steak. Filet mignon. Filet mignon, yeah, and he was raving yeah. about that. So dining, a little pricey, but overall uh, a great time. Yeah. So let's take a quick uh, break. We're going to hear from one of our sponsors and then we're going to go ahead and dive in and talk about the bluffs course, the South course, and then what we thought uh, comparing the two of them. Well, if you're a golfer, you know that sometimes your games has up and downs, highs and lows, but so does your body sometimes. So what we would like to do here with the dudes of hazards is bring attention to one of our proud league sponsors, Piney Flats Chiropractic. 
that is located here in Piney Flats, Tennessee, just kind of in the mecca of our, our golf league members. Uh, Cherry Wingate, who is uh, the owner of Piney Flats Chiropractic, she does some great work in adjusting you, getting your back and your spine in proper alignment, so that way you can get out there and hit the golf shots you want. And whether that's golf, um, riding bikes, hiking, whatever your activity might be, she can get your body feeling in tip-top shape uh, to help you perform at your best. So if you feel like that's something that could be of use to you, make sure to go ahead and check out Piney Flats Chiropractic and give them a visit. I can promise you won't regret it. Now back to the episode. All right, we're back after our commercial break. Um, So we're going to go ahead and start off with the south course. Uh, Zach, why don't you go ahead and tell me, just give me some general opinions and overall feedback of what you thought of the south course, not necessarily comparing it versus the bluffs or anything, but just straight away from the south and what you thought of it. Um. South had just probably just probably the most intimidating tee boxes that you'll look at just out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a very open field, so you just see a lot of traps on your fairway, and they're all placed, stacked in exactly spots that anybody that's playing from the tees is going to hit a distance, whether you're you know, there's always a sand trap right at 275 or 250. Yep. There's a sand trap at 330. And then they had these like little tiny sand traps on every hole that was just meant for that one person. Like yep. I remember looking at one hole, very wide open fairway. And in the middle, probably a five foot by five foot sand trap in the middle of the fairway at 270. Yep. Just suckering people on a good drive knowing that hey, a lot of people are going to hit a drive exactly this distance and we are going to take that away yep. and still put you 200 out from the green in the middle of a sand trap. Then a lot of them had a nice little lip over the edge. So, you know, it wasn't just like a little flat side of the fairway bunker. You were still having to get some loft on it out of there and um, really made it difficult if you got in one of those fairway bunkers to really still take it at the hole with any distance or if you were going for it, any accuracy in that matter. Yeah. Um, so just a lot of really challenging looking tee boxes, but then all of the greens, um, you know, I think I made the comment to Donnie on either the second or third hole that, you know, and a lot of them, you really just couldn't tell where the fairway ended and it, they just yeah. kind of like almost progressively blended the fairway into the green. So there were a lot of greens that you could just putt, you know, 30 yards yeah. off the green and it just kind of meshed into it. But um, all what's very unique about the course is that all the greens were cut in, in squares, very squared off greens, not, you know, your typical circular or um, misshapen greens, just extremely symmetrical. So everything on the edge is just fed off. So you had to make sure that your shot either ran up into it because the greens were pretty hard or that you were putting it in the middle. But if you put it towards an edge or it rolled towards an edge, it was it was gone. And a lot of sand traps surrounding the greens. So most of the time, if it was running off, it, it wasn't just going to the edge of the green. You were rolling into a sand trap. And so it, a, a lot of extra bunker shots out of that um, yep. just due to you know a slightly missed shot or even a good shot that just wasn't rewarded. Oh, that was the name of the game. I felt like we saw so many people hit good shots that would just, we were told, 
this is more of a link style course. You need to land this ball on the front of the green and run it up to the pin. However, when you're a bunch of like eight to 14 handicaps, you just don't have necessarily that skill set to do that on command. Uh, like I said, or Zach said, plenty of times people hitting good shots and it would just be like, good shot, bad result. Very common theme on the day. You'd hit the green, it would roll off or like you'd think it would go off the back and then like, wow, I'm in this impossible sand bunker that I'm about to waste two to three strokes on. Awesome. Like literally hit the ball, any other green that's sticking and holding, but I didn't want to do it out there. I, uh, I'm with you, Zach. Uh, very neat on how you could see the whole course from pretty much anywhere. It was so flat, very link style. Um, not really any elevation you're dealing with, but the bunkers really, I've never seen a course use like bunker, strategic bunkering like that. Um, it was really fun knowing that like, man, these people can hit these distances and like, you're just like praying it doesn't end up in that bunker. And there's a couple times people did and it was just like, uh, like people yeah. rolling up, damn dude, that sucks. Yep. That was, that was said more than once that day. Um, you'd hit a great drive and you'd just see it running across the fairway and you'd be like, oh, perfect. And then you'd still see it running across the fairway and you're like, I think, and then it just stopped. And you're like, yep, yep. that one's, uh, that one's not a fun second shot. Not at all. Um, it was very cool. The greens, uh, the squared offness of them all, like Zach said, like the, the runoff, you could chip or you could putt or chip from anywhere. Chipping was actually really tough. That's one thing being from the south and playing more on like the Bermuda, coming up here and playing off these like thin lies from the fairway. It was tough to get some great ball striking in. Um, and especially that short game chipping to where I'm used to having that ball sitting up on this nice grass. It was tough like hitting off these razor thin lies to where honestly the bump and run game was much more uh, important than trying to fly chips in. So that was fun getting to do that. Once or twice ended up in a bunker or two that you know, it was like pretty tough out there, but uh, overall it was definitely a really fun experience. Uh, Zach, what was your favorite hole out there? I think my favorite hole definitely was either 12 or 13. 12 has this extremely unique green. It's a par three, plays about 190, 175, depending on your uh, tee box. And um, you just, it's a downhill, but the green is cut in this semicircle with a sand trap kind of coming up right in the middle of it. And so we had a front left pin position. And if you were on the front right pin position, you were either taking a three point turn to the hole yeah. or you were chipping on, you were on the green, chipping to the other side of the green because you could not put the ball at the hole and just really the first time I've ever seen a green quite like that yep. where um, it just looked, you know, kind of gorgeous from the tee box as well. And then the next hole is a dogleg right par four. And, um, you know, I ended up with a great drive into the green or into the fairway, you know, it's 165 out from the hole and it's a, you know, you see the flag, but it's a blind green. And I, um, had bought the yardage book in the pro shop and I was like, okay, well, let me see, you know, I see the pin, what does the green do? And when you look at it, there are all these arrows just kind of feeding into the middle and then uh, arrows kind of feeding off from the middle to the front of it. And the pin position looked dead center um, based on what I was guessing. And so 
hit my shot in there and uh, ended up kind of rolling it over the front of the, uh, or rolling it up onto the front of the green. And so it ended up being a decent shot, but you get to the green and it's kind of buried in this crater. And I mean, it looked like a half pipe in there. Yeah, The whole did. edges of the green were just kind of, you, you could have it felt like you could have filled the thing with water and swam in it. It was so just curved on the edges. And so you're able to see that there was very few flat points on it. And if you hit one of those edges, it was sending it gone. Yeah, that was a very unique, two very unique holes in a row that like you just don't get to see at a lot of courses. Um, that that horseshoe semicircle green, that really is one of the most crazy greens I think I've seen off of a, um, on a par three. I think we'll be posting a picture to the league Instagram uh, when we do like a recap post on the south course. So that'll definitely be one of the featured pictures. Um, my favorite hole was probably number six. It was a par five. Uh, I just remember this being a pretty fun hole that we played. I think everyone played it decently well. Uh, there's about 13 bunkers along the way, all in super annoying spots, especially if you like to hit the center of the fairway or miss like right. Really, it was a tough situation there. Uh, I ended up making a par on the hole, which was nice because it was a, my third shot was like 130 out from a bunker. Got it on the green two putt. That was pretty fun. Uh, we were walking up, rolling around the corner, and you can see the, this uh, sand bunker that basically, so I, if you're looking at the green coming in from the fairway, imagine just like uh, like a square, but tilted up on one of its points. So kind of almost like a diamond. And around the front left, wrapping around the left-hand side, then all the way to the back point of it is a long bunker. And you're like, okay, so you just don't want to miss left. Was you're pulling around right, they had this hidden bunker off the back right-hand corner that, like, there's no way you know it's there unless you have a yardage book or unless you see it. And someone had, like, gone off the green there, and we heard someone in our group being like, oh, that's fine, you'll be able to get up from there. We roll around, their balls in this bunker right up against the lip. And it was just one of those, everyone in the group knew, yep, that sucks. That's going to be a painful one that you're probably not getting out of anytime soon. Um so that was a fun par five. Really just enjoyed all the bunkers. Uh, it was a fair length uh, one from the blues. A lot of them were pretty long, but this one was only playing 505, so it was kind of reachable. Uh, definitely a fun hole um, for myself. What would you say, Zach, was the toughest hole on the day? The toughest hole was definitely number 16. It's a uh, par three from the blues, plays at 238. And really, the all of the green feeds off, so you can't be short. And it feeds off into a spot where you're probably about 40 feet below yeah. the hole, kind of straight up. It's got the false front. Um, and so when you're looking at the front of the green, half of it feeds off, and then the other half feeds to the area that feeds off. So yeah. you really, I mean, you, it's a 238 to the center and you had to carry it 238 because there was nothing short that wasn't going to be a menacing chip. Yeah. And this was a back right pin position. So if I'm not mistaken, I think it was even playing longer yeah, than 238. It, it was probably and, playing like 245 to 250. Like just, 
an absolutely ridiculous par three. Um, I'm not hitting any greens at 238 out. I just, I'm just not hitting them. Uh, I think I doubled the hole, but Zach, I'm with you. I think that was the toughest hole out there. That that was just an overly menacing and just like, dude, that's. That's biting off a lot for a par three. Even stepping up to the whites, if you played from there, you're looking at 215. So, I mean, just a very long carry hole that a bogey is very, very good to get out of there with. It is. Um, And most of the day that morning, the wind wasn't bad, but about two holes before that, it started picking up. And this was also blowing in our face. So this was probably playing all of like 260 with wind going into the pin. And it was just like, I actually joked, like, I'm like, I honestly just need to hit my driver here. I was like, this is like, I'm going to have to use driver on this par three with the way this is going. Um, but yeah, so that was the south course, kind of just uh, some of our favorite holes, toughest, and what we thought about it. Um, let's go ahead and transition over to the premier course on this trip, the Bluffs. Um, Zach, what was your overall opinion and feedback of the course? Well, for all but, you know, three of the holes, you're staring, you know, right at Lake Michigan. Um, and the views are completely unmatched with anything that I've played. Um, and just absolutely breathtaking the entire time you, you know, you're looking at your ball, you're looking at where you're going to go and you've got this gorgeous backdrop the entire time um and similar to the bluffs very very open trees aren't were never an issue with anybody really on any shot the entire weekend on either course and um you know so you just get a really great preview of the entire course um from every shot you're playing which is just um, amazing and um you know that the this course the sand traps weren't as menacing um as they were on the on the south course yet you've got uh, this was just a long long course and like um donnie had said earlier in the podcast you know when we played the first round uh, a lot of the blue tees were just it was is the blue black combo and so really you know if you were playing blues for I would say 15 of the 18 holes, it felt like it was just the tips. Yeah. And um, led to some really, really long holes. There's, you know, 600-yard par five. Um, it, it threw just an incredibly tight dogleg left fairway. Yep. Um, and so you're hitting a lot of shots off of these heather mounds. And you're just completely balls below your feet, above your feet, um, you know, but in front of your stance, behind your stance, it was, uh, you know, a long day just hitting a lot of different unique shots that you're still, you know, playing. Uh, I, I hit a m- modest 275 drive and every par four, you're still sitting at 215, 220 in. Um, so, you know, you get some good shots out of that and you get some not so great shots out of that, especially up around all of the greens. They just... Um, had a lot of different directions they were going, pin placement changes every day at the course. So, you know, playing it twice, you're able to see a lot of different um, approaches in from the previous day, but still just, you know, extremely, extremely menacing to put it on the green and, and hitting greens in reg were, uh, you know, something to be celebrated. Um, I think we had a couple of times, though, where we hit some green and regs, and you when you weren't in the right spot, uh, a three putt and in uh, I think the case for everyone at least once over the weekend was a was a four putt so oh yeah 
um, you know, just absolutely um, just some menacing pin positions because, you know, a lot of them were, were tied next to false fronts. So, you you know, if you hit a putt a little long, it was it was gone and you're chipping back up onto the green. And it uh, happened to all of us that weekend. Oh, it did. Um, yeah, the the views are just – I this was the course that had the most just – at any moment you felt like you could just kind of lose yourself and looking out into Lake Michigan and just thinking like, this is insane what I'm having the chance to view and experience while I'm playing this course. Um, you know, the first course is a par five and where you're at, starting off you can't see any of the lake, but when you get up to the green and look back at the hole – in the distance, you can see Lake Michigan for the first time. So from the first green, you can see it. The second hole is a really tough par three. Our buddy, uh, there's some condos up to the right-hand side that are completely out of play. But somehow his tee shot found the group. He went up there. They started heckling him, threw him a beer, telling him, like, here you go, man. This is going to be a long day. Our caddy and us all had a good laugh out of that. Um, but that was as our whole group proceeded to make like a combined scoring average of like a two and a half over par on that par three. Yeah, I, Brutal. Uh, I left two putts short on that one. I three putted yeah. that green, left two putts short. And on the second one, I left short. Oh, man, it was yeah. there's about 10 of them up there. And oh, my God, yeah. he did it again. Like we were oh, we just were just like pick oh up the ball God. and get off the green. Yeah. You're like this. This is bad. Um, yeah, we all had some good laughs on that hole. And then. You know, hole number three, it's already your second par five in um, the first three holes, and we'll talk about this one a little bit later. But from that point on, every other hole except one, you're getting to see. Actually, even on number eight, which you don't see for most of the hole, even from the green, you can actually see mm -hmm. out there. So, yeah, I think number two is the only hole on the whole course that you can't see mm -hmm. Lake Michigan from. And I just absolutely blown away by the views um probably the most scenic course i've played uh with especially getting to play two rounds in the afternoon slash evening the sunset uh you know that first night like seriously what was it it was pink it was orange it was yellow it was red purple like i've never seen one like that it was just like this is like what you dream about uh coming to play this course and so that was nice we had great weather both days it's usually 20 miles an hour, 15 mile an hour wind. I think the worst wind we combated was about four or five miles an hour. Yeah. Completely sunny almost every round that we played with just enough clouds just to help break the heat of the day. Uh, 73 to 75 both days we played it. It just was like you, you just couldn't have asked for a better experience. And so, yeah, for me, um, definitely a course that will not be forgotten. Uh, Zach, what did you think was your favorite hole on the course? I think my favorite hole is coming back um you know 10 and 11 are just 10's a very easy par f or easy relative term relative but, term. um you know it's kind of got like a bend right and then a bend back left and if you can cut the corner um which i was successfully able to do on the the second day um leaves you a really easy shot into a, a raised green but just a really cool look because you're above the fairway and you see it kind of snaking yep. through these dunes um, and then Lake Michigan in the backdrop. And after that hole, you come up to a par five, 600 yards, but just an absolutely gorgeous view yep. of 
Lake Michigan and you see kind of this fairway snake through the dunes, you lose it and then you just see a corner of the green from the tee box and um, just absolutely breathtaking views um, from those two holes. It is. It is really cool because most of the other holes before that, you feel like you're kind of like, like the dunes are maybe a little raised around the fairway, but you don't feel like you're down in it. It almost feels like you're in a canyon going through 10 and 11. Yep. Like you're down in the fair. Like, like yep. I would say this is an exaggeration. The bluffs on the right-hand side of 11 could be easy 80 to 100 feet above the fairway to the top where some of the other groups are teeing yep. off at 18 coming back. Like oh, it's easy. honestly insane looking up this hill. Um, and you look all over and there's people climbing all over the sides of these hills, hitting out of this heathered grass, which I think we both agreed was easier to hit out of than we thought it was going to be. It was, um, you, you would get unlucky sometimes though, just with the way that it grew that you might be in two, in between two different mounds where there was no way you were going to get contact with the ground on the shot. So all you were going to do was top the ball and just hope and pray that it, got lucky enough to just get out of it yeah um uh, but for the most part you could easily find your ball like if you knew where it it. went in you you were probably able to find it and so lost balls weren't you know as much that you were playing with it was just you know a a very unlucky lie in a lot of a lot of stances too i agree that that's a really good way to put it and um so when you get down to 11 it's it's incredible it's the first time you're up against really like the bluffs of the course and like you can see them all you get close a couple other times but at this point like you look over the fence that's on the back side of the green and it's like well you're gonna fall down off the side of this cliff um and so that's like your first time getting to kind of see it and i remember um didn't play the hole that well went a little long on my approach shot into some thick stuff made a mess of it um didn't have a good chip, but then I kind of just sat there and just stared out to the lake for a minute because it's just like, it's surreal what you're looking at. So 11, absolutely a great hole. Um, definitely a world-class golf hole. For me, I would say my favorite hole was probably the next one, 12. It has, uh, you basically come out through there and from the green, if you're looking at 11 coming down the hill, the tee box for 12 is up on this huge bluff uh, right to the right of 11 green. So when you're up there, you can look down at the people playing 11 coming down through this par five. You can look back up to the clubhouse and see it. And there's this fence. That's the only thing separating you from this, basically the side of this bluff. That's a couple hundred feet up. You can see uh, everyone down there on their boats out there really wasn't too many people on the lake but you could see people out there on their boats you're right up against it and it's just like kind of one of those things if you were blindfolded you easily could tell someone hey this is the pacific coast of california oregon washington and no one would have any of the wiser Mm -hmm. um so you hit over a pretty big waste area to where if you don't clear it you're you're gonna lose your golf ball um and then some just ridiculous bunkering guarding the front left. The whole way, the fairway and the green are running alongside the bluffs. The fairway is protected by this fence. And so the second day we played, I told Zach, I said, hey, even though we're in a car, I actually just want to walk this hole. So I just walked the whole hole, walking alongside the fence, just overlooking it, kind of taking it in. And then you get up there, and then it's an infinity green looking out into Lake Michigan. Um, I mean, from the cart path side of the hole looking out, 
Uh, I mean, it's like you see the end of the hole and then it's just a lake. And um, that for me was amazing. I also loved number three, which was the second par five of the day. You, it's a really great tee shot, cool second shots and bunkers you got to navigate. Both times I think I've made par on this hole, which was nice. It was one of the few pars I felt like I made this weekend. Um, but once you get up onto that green, you feel like you can see every hole on the course. And it's your first time really getting to like have a great view of Lake Michigan and all the other holes. And I just remember that was one that I just kind of stood up there for a minute and took in. Um, very cool holes. Zach, what was the toughest hole? on the course and I, I have a feeling I already know what you're going to guess for this one there is a, a hole number five it's a par five um kind of dog legs uh left at the, more of a bootleg really you play your tee shot um and actually the starter <laughs> told us you know we were asking right before we started the round um to take our first shots and we were asking him, you know, just general advice for the course. And he said, on hole five, you're going you're gonna to hit your tee shot and you're going to want to go at it in two. Don't keep going down the fairway. It's a 125 play over to the green. And so on this hole. That's if you hit your second shot down the fairway into a pretty open area. Very open area. And, the, and the, honestly, the tee shot on it isn't, there's a couple of, uh, you got waist traps to the left and really kind of, the only trees on the course is just a tree line to an out of bounds area on the right. So, um, but it's generally wide fairway. So you, you really have a lot of room and, um, you know, your second shot, they have a, a large landing area, but if you're long off the tee, which uh, a couple of the guys in our group were, you get a very enticing 225 yard, 215 yard shot to the green. But in between the green and the fairway is just a wasteland of traps. Just, yeah. uh, I, it just, uh, I, you know, a waste, humongous waste area with uh, tons of elevation change just kind of all over it. And, you know, the first day I was lucky enough not to get in there. The second day, not so much. And when you get trapped in that area, you're stuck progressing towards the whole 50 yards at a time, depending on your lie. And if you get yeah. really lucky and you find an even spot that you can take a shot out of, you have got to take advantage of it and get out of there because you can easily spend two to three strokes in there if you get really unlucky with some of the lies and positioning of it to a green that, you know, has uh, the front of it is up, the which feeds into just like a cavity in the middle and then comes back up on the backside. And so... The first day we're playing, uh, Matt hits a, a nukes his drive, goes yep. at the green, hits it in two. Yep. Proceeds to four putt the green for a bogey. And so the next day, the same starter was there, yep. and uh, Matt rolls up to him and says, Hey, you know that uh, fairway or that number five you told me not to go at in two? I hit it in two. And the guy's like, No way. And he's like, yeah, and then I four putted, and the guy about <laughs> fell out of his chair yeah, laughing. This old dude, so, he—you could tell he was so satisfied, and like, you know what? That's what you get. I told you not to, and that's what happened anyways. Um, so what's really funny is before this all started, uh, this guy Matt was giving some of us a hard time about like three putting out here, and we were all like, "Watch, dude, he's gonna three putt like right away." 
And so we had actually like told the caddy that like, hey, like you know, when he goes to three putt for the first time, like we got to call him like three, three jack, jacker, three jacker. We were like, watching people, yeah, putting on the 18th, 18th at yeah. lunch, and every time Matt would see someone three putt, he'd just go three jacker. Yeah, and so we were like, all right, we're gonna turn this on him. So we go to tell the caddy this second hole he four jacks it and so like we just skipped over calling him three jacker and went to four jacker the dude shot like a 91 with like three four putts yep insane um and so the fact he did it on that one was just too fitting and like like this is how the caddy was like just laughing about it like he was like you could tell that he was just amused because everyone was kind of just having a good time with it but uh dude that hole was brutally tough and then uh number 17 that par three uh, playing like 190 yards to that raised green with the impossible hill on its left-hand side and then just like fall off the face of the earth, miss if you're right. Yep. So both times I hit good shots. The second day I felt like I had gotten there, missed the hill by like a foot, hits the side of this hill. I'm like 40 yards below the green trying to like chip up. I'm just like, this is just a tough spot to be yep. in. Like hit a good golf shot bad result and that that was a par three that i i mean if you there was no fairway no it was fairway. a yeah, like forced carry i i mean there was just there was nothing nothing i mean you had you had to get it there yeah and so uh and if, i mean if you're long it was just a humongous bank and you'd you yeah. probably get a kick off of it if you hit it straight into the bank but um i mean just a really difficult par three and then um you know as we spoke earlier 18 I think my most memorable shot on the entire round was uh, the last day. Um, so on the weekends uh, for the sunset rounds, you know, around 7, 8 o'clock, they have a bagpipe player come out and uh, play a few songs every hour. And I am hitting my approach shot on the 18th. And the bagpipe player comes out and starts playing. And he is probably... 150 yards away just right up the hill to my right and I address the ball and the thought comes through my head if I shank this I, I might kill that guy yeah and so I had to step away and I told everyone else what I was thinking and it probably taught it took me a good three or four minutes to gather myself yeah. because everybody went yeah, I've hit that. I, I, I've hit that guy before. <laughs> and oh. it, it was definitely, I, I mean, he was a bit away, but it was, if you caught it off the toe, it was. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. He, it, uh, that was such a funny moment because, yeah, like, Zach's not going to miss that. But, like, it could happen. Like, it's one of those misses. Like, that would be extremely astronomically unlikely. But, boy, you just catch that the wrong way. Uh, and the b best part is, too, this guy's, like, up on this, like, hill. The only thing up there. It's just, like, everyone would see you nail this guy. And you'd be forever known as the guy that hit the bagpipe player on 18. And, yeah, I remember you just had to step away. And we all just kind of started laughing for a minute. Because we all just were like, it wouldn't happen, but it could. And, like, we were just, like, we couldn't even imagine being in that situation. And then, and then you hit a good shot. But it was, like, yeah, I just remember you're like, dude, we're missing this left. This is not going to come out right. And I was like, yeah, uh, you cannot miss this shot right. But uh, that was a good time, man. Uh, let's go ahead and take one more quick break, and then we'll go ahead and get on back to this with our final thoughts of the course, comparing them a little bit and wrapping this up.
All right, and for our last break, uh, what I actually want to do is let our producer Mitch kind of step on in here for a second and tell you and our listeners a little bit about what he does. He does some great work for us uh, with the Dudes of Hazard, providing an awesome place to come in and record our episodes. And so, Mitch, why don't you uh, say hey to the dudes and tell them a little bit about what you do? Yeah. Hey, dudes. I'm Mitch McGarry. I am the producer here at Maypop Media. Uh, My wife and I own the company. It's called Maypop Media, and we do... Everything from videography to audio, it's a multimedia company, and uh, my wife mainly focuses on weddings and uh, business promotional content involving video and photography, and then I do most of the audio work, and so that's what we do here, Maypop Media. Awesome. Mitch, uh, always pre- appreciate the work that you do for us. And, you know, it's fun being in here, but I think we need to get out on the golf course sometime and hang out there. I think we'd have a great time. Absolutely. Awesome. Let's plan on it. All right. Well, back to the episode and we'll get this thing wrapped up. All right. Welcome back to the episode. Uh, the last part that we're going to be going over here of our trip is just kind of comparing a little bit between the two courses. So uh, let's go ahead and go through some of the major parts of uh, the two rounds. Let's actually first start off with the clubhouse. Zach, which uh, which course gets the nod there? Uh, it's got to be the Bluffs. Just I mean, purely on view, the, the both courses have incredibly nice clubhouses, amenities, everything. But I mean, you just can't touch the view of the Bluffs. You can't. Um, both well-stocked pro shops, great-looking dining options, very clean, nicely built. But the views and simply just the porch and the dining options of the Bluffs clubhouse are just it's it's simply unmatched by very many clubhouses. I would say in in the country or even in the world. It's just, it's a world-class, um, as good as you can draw up clubhouse. Um, tee shots. Which tee shots did you think were, um, let's say, which which tee shots were a little bit tougher did you feel like were out there? I think the south course actually looks a lot tougher off the tee box than the bluffs. I mean, there are a few holes on the bluffs that play with you a little bit, but every tee shot from the south course has something that you've got to be thinking about um, on either side or even the middle of the fairway. And so there was a lot to take into account off each tee box, I felt like. Yeah, I totally see that. The 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 Bluffs course, um, there was not as much stuff in the fairways. Missing the fairway was definitely probably a little bit more penalizing. Uh, but you could find your ball a lot of the time. However, on the south course, they really just put these bunkers in there that were code for if you'd get in it it was a great way to make double on the hole real fast whereas like i mean we made a lot of doubles made quite a few triples on the bluffs course out there from missing the fairways but there was also plenty of like par saves and bogey saves from misses out there just because it seemed like yeah if you could find that ball in the heathered you could manage to put together a chance to save save the hole so whereas in the south some of those bunkers were just pretty tough um which which fairways did you enjoy more playing from, like the approach shots coming into the greens? I mean, the views at the bluffs were nice as a backdrop, but really, I, I mean, the south just had a – you had a lot flatter yep. surface at the south a lot more often, so you could kind of go at it a little bit easier, it felt like, whereas, you know, a lot of the shots on the bluffs approaching in on the fairway, you might be – slightly below your feet above it's kind of fed to a little area um that you maybe not expecting to be at and so um i felt like at the south if you were able to hit a good drive you were rewarded with a nice 
yeah. lie for a second shot. I would agree with that. It definitely seemed like there was a lot more easier lies to hit out of off the south course, but um, that's what makes the Bluffs course so tough is that every uh, – someone who has played Blackthorn, if you're in the Johnson City area listening to this, um, a lot of the holes reminded me of that. Just always an uneven lie every which way you looked. Lots of collection pools out in the fairway that made for even tougher shots, and it always seemed to be like – if you just missed the perfect shot of the fairway, it would roll into these collection points. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was definitely, um, you know, tougher approach shots for me on the bluffs just purely because of the uneven lies. Uh, the greens or the bunkers surrounding the greens on the south course were probably a little more intimidating looking because it also seemed like everything fed into them. But some of the most intimidating and daunting specific bunkers were on the bluffs course there was the one hole that matt got in i think it was like hole four that one that was like below his head you took a little video of him down there yeah Um, i uh where he climbs down into the bunker and if you were standing standing outside to on the green or on the cart path all you could see was his chin up yep and i mean he got out of it in one Somehow, yeah, but I mean, it's uh, you got to get the ball to climb and climb quick. Multiple 15, 16 foot bunkers that you were hitting up of on the bluffs course. I know Zach on number 16 coming down that last day, you got stuck in the side. I'm like, God, oh, give me a video of this. After I tried to take one or two, I remember you were like, I was like, you want any of those? And you're like, nope. I was like, okay, yeah. I was there too. I had one, I like that number five. Uh, I think I found like four bunkers on the way to the hole there. And it's like, I've hit like out of one bunker into another one. I was like, okay, this is getting really old, really fast. Um, so yeah, man, it was, it was really tough. I definitely, yeah, I think tougher fairways were the bluffs easier, a little to attack on the South course. Um, the greens, what did you think, uh, between the greens on the two courses? You know, I, I, the greens on the South are really unique. Um, feed off on the edges, do some unique things. A couple of them, yeah, I, I mean, they're still very difficult greens, but I, the bluffs were just, just felt like so much more difficult. Um, and I, it, a lot of the putts read true. So, you know, they did what you thought. I mean, everything kind of feeds towards the lake there. So there were some times where you would look at it and be like, I think it's going to break this way. And then you always just had to remember yep that it was going to break towards the lake and um, definitely kind of saved uh, some some putts from being a little worse than they were, uh, kind of remembering that tip. But I, I think the bluffs definitely had a little bit tougher greens. The the chips and the false fronts on the bluffs, that, that ate our group's lunch money all day. I know there was the one, I think it was number 15. It was a par five. Me, you, and Nick were all short, and Matt was – obnoxiously the one that made it on the green and we knew that we had a very difficult um chip up i think between the three of us probably took a combined like five or six shots for all of us to actually get our shots up on the green at least everyone took two tries yep trying to get up there um just because like your first one you're like well the thing is yeah you can't just launch it long because it's even gonna be worse coming back that way at it Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to check it into the hill, but you give it that 2% less power. I can't tell you how many times we felt like we had a ball set up on a ridge. And then just, mm, mm-hmm. no, no, that one's going away. And it yep. doesn't roll two feet off. 
it rolls 30 feet off. And then you're stuck with just another stupid 30-foot, 40-foot chip coming up this false front. And yep. it just – it made for a long day. And then even getting on the greens, like somebody who feels like he's largely a pretty good putter, I just only had a maybe just on one handful of one putts on two days of playing out there because it was just so hard to nail that perfect putt down. Mm-hmm. Wasn't always the toughest to two putt, but also there was a lot of positions where you realize, like, honestly, a three putt is not a bad thing from here. And I've like South Course, definitely some interesting green complexes, but the difficulty level of the Bluffs course was just that was tough. It was it was definitely uh, every green kept you engaged. And again, eighteen was just I've never seen a finishing green like it. That, that thing was straight out of hell. Um, Design just the, for that person that's trying to like that's a really skilled golfer trying to break par or shoot even out there. That final hole was made to design to stop someone from doing that. Um, let's go. So we talked a little about the bunkers, uh, talked about the fairways, the greens, clubhouse, tee shots. How about the views and the yeah. course layout? I mean, you know, you just really, it's not fair to compare it to the South. Cause I don't think that's, you know, clearly what it wasn't designed for. And so the views are obviously going to definitely edge towards the, the bluffs. Um, but the course layout was very, um, nice. I, I, the bluffs would be a beast to walk. Absolutely. Um, the south course, very walker friendly. Very. If that's more your style. Um, and both courses, very great. But, yeah, can't, can't beat the views of the bluffs. Yeah. Very cool seeing the openness of the south course. Um, but, yeah, it's just you just can't match the view of the bluffs, especially under the golden hours, overlooking Lake Michigan with the perfect sunset. Like, it's just impossible. Um, the south course... Very good course, very well maintained, very well designed. But there was definitely a couple holes that like just bled together. Like looking back on the round, it was hard to really remember. What well, which one did four do, or was that six? Was it was it three? Was it twelve? Like you know, just some holes were just kind of similar, but they were all different from the fact that the bunkering. It, it wasn't like when you hear that all holes are the same at a club where everything's just up and down, back and forth all sorts of crazy bunkering on each hole to keep you engaged, but a lot of the same general just view and feel hole to hole. Whereas at the bluffs course, like each hole is its own unique thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think I can vividly play back all 18 holes pretty mm-hmm. easily in my head. Um, and if someone just called out a random hole number, what if you just gave me a second to put it on its place on the course? I could be like, Oh yeah, that was that what felt like 458 yard par four all day long uh, out there. It felt like that was the length of all of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was such a memorable uh, course. So, Zach, what's uh, your final takes from Arcadia? Uh, actually, let's start with the South Course. Would you go play it again? What What's your views on it? How does it stack up for being ranked 51st uh, by Golf Digest on the public list? And where does it fall in your personal rankings? Um, yeah, I would definitely play the South course again. I don't know that I would necessarily make the trek of three and a half, four hours to specifically play that course. Um, but if I was there for a few days and we were playing rounds, I, I would definitely play it um, again. Uh, I think, you know, being 51st, um, it's an extremely unique layout, a lot more um, a lot more visual kind of in just what the course is trying to do and make you think. Mm-hmm. Um, than just prestigious views of surrounding landscape um, or anything there. So, um, you know, I 
I haven't played too many on the top 100 public list, um, but feels kind of high, but, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still a very, very good course, yeah. Yeah. Very good course. I think 51's a little bit of a stretch. Having played somewhere like Mid Pines, which falls in that 80 to, like, low 90 range, uh, I, I'm not sure how the South course is ranked ahead of that, but a very good course. Kind of like Zach said, uh, I wouldn't make a trek just to go play it again. And to be completely honest, even if I had three rounds up there, I would probably choose to play them all on the bluffs. But if I was up there for a long weekend playing four, I definitely would play the south course. And I think if you're going up there for your first time, it is very important to play it to get to see just how different the two courses are. You're going to be like 98% of the golfers and say you like the bluffs better, but no reason not to play it. Um, very cool experience. For the Arcadia Bluff sack, uh, where does that fall for you? And what are your final thoughts on it? Um, you know, definitely see why it's ranked, um, you know, the 11th, 13th course uh, for public in the U.S. Definitely my favorite course that I've played at. Um, really just unmatched views um, and uh, just immaculate um, course maintenance out there. You're never, you know, quality is they they didn't cut any corners for any quality out there no um and they spaced the tee times really well so you're able to just move especially at both courses that was one um additional thing they they don't try to overburden the course with golfers and squeeze as much out of it as they can and you really um you're really not out there waiting too much it's once the round gets started and goes we weren't ever getting pushed and we weren't ever pushing anybody um, for the most part, and you, you know, you might catch someone for a hole or two, but it, you know, really Maybe wasn't like you were just standing, yep. standing there, like, oh my gosh, what are these people doing? And um, so, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely love that. But the uh, the bluffs course is just, yeah, would definitely make that an annual annual trip up, especially from you know being in the Detroit area, just an easy easy drive over for for a weekend, even if it's just to play that course. Yeah, I mean, if I lived up here in, in Michigan, that would without a doubt be a yearly uh, expedition to get up here. Um, I think that'd be a no-brainer. Even being from Tennessee, uh, I don't know if it would quite be a yearly trip, but I think this is one I would definitely love to throw in that every other year rotation. Um, it just exceeded all expectations. I've been looking forward to this trip for quite a while. Um, had a trip to San Diego that fell through and so rescheduled to come out here. And... Um, was truly just the views. I mean, multiple times Zach can attest, especially our last round out there playing. I'd like just like quickly putt or do something just so I could kind of just sit down on the side of the hole and just like kind of stare out and to the lake and just take it in. It really was um, just an exceptional round. Um, for me, it's really tough. Might be a little bit of a quick reaction recording this the night of July 4th. Uh, it's getting a little late around 11 o'clock and I've now had two days to kind of sit on it. I think I would have to say this is my favorite course. That's saying a lot. It's tough to say it because I feel like I'm betraying Primland, which I love, and back in the mountains of, uh, you know, southwest Virginia. Um, but this course is truly exceeded every expectation the hospitality was next level um no negative comments from me 
on the trip. Uh, couldn't find really one thing I thought they should have done better. Um, not a cheap trip, but when you pay to play places like this, sometimes it costs just a little more than you would like. Um, sure, wish we could have saved a little bit of money there, but at the end of the day, this will be a trip that you remember kind of for forever, especially those first views and those moments of seeing the course. So um, I'd say probably my favorite course and uh, one I cannot wait to get back and play. Well, Zach, you got any other closing comments for the dudes on the weekend or just any other advice for anyone? Um, nothing for me. Thanks for taking the, the trek up here and uh, hope to have you back soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. And uh, dudes, we'll go ahead and get back to the podcast. All right. Well, that's uh, kind of a wrap up from mine and Zach's uh, trip up to Arcadia Bluffs. Um, was a great time. Uh, not quite as excited for my next visit up to Michigan, considering it's going to be for Zach's wedding, which sounds fine and dandy. But this guy decided to have this January 14th in Detroit, Michigan. So definitely a super popular travel destination that time of year so no one ever uh but with that being said really looking forward to getting to celebrate uh him and his soon-to-be wife um gonna be a great time going up there well i appreciate everyone taking the time to come in and listen to this recap episode and as always dudes keep it classy